0: You're listening to the Sunday Session Podcast with Francesca Rutkin from Newstalk ZB.
1: Joining me now is New Zealand Herald political reporter Adam Pearce. Good morning. G'day. So is the cyclone plan Still a lot of unanswered questions. So many questions, of course, for those affected, but also councils. Because, Adam, if the government decides central government and councils you know, for example, might split the bill 50-50. In Auckland's case, that probably means it doesn't matter if we sell the Auckland shares, we're we're back to square one.
0: Well, exactly, and it's like you say, a lot of unanswered questions here. I mean, we got the rough plan uh, from Grant Robertson uh, last week that we're getting a, a roughly billion-dollar voluntary buyout for those 700 homes that are in, in Category 3 or, or considered too to at risk of... Uh, Severe weather events to be lived in again, um, and yet, uh, around proportions, we still those those that is one of the questions that we still don't know how much is council going to pay, how much is the government going to pay. Uh, the, the government have committed that this is a locally led uh, initiative to be able to recover from the cyclone. Uh, so, I mean, I can imagine councils will be uh, right in there in those discussions to, to be able to work something out. But but as you say, with uh, with Auckland, with 400 of those homes in Auckland, according to Michael Wood, uh, it's going to be a pretty big
1: cost. So this is a step forward, which is good. But are you surprised that, they, that not more has been sorted out?
0: Honestly, I'm not. I've been covering it for, for quite a while. I've been uh, on. Uh, on the ground, and, and in particular in Hawke's Bay, uh, covering the impact, but also following up to see how the process has been going. And, and uh, for example, the, the consultation that they're having to do with uh, affected residents has been delayed uh, regularly. It was supposed to start in April, and it's only really kicking in now. So I, I'm not surprised that we don't have a lot of details at the moment because you know they've had so much stuff to deal with, and it sounds like, Things It hasn't been an easy process uh, coordinating with government and council and insurance companies to be able to get these risk assessments out and to develop these maps and establish which homes uh, are in which category. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just, again, it's going to be one of those things where uh, people are just going to have to wait and be patient to find out more info.
1: Adam, you're on your way to Auckland to the ACT Party conference today. What are you expecting?
0: Well, I'm expecting a fairly jubilant and lively crowd, and that <laughs> conferences are, are often are often quite lively. Uh, and I think they will have been buoyed by uh, you know some recent uh, recent additions uh, to the flock. they have just uh, been able to poach a uh, former national MP at Palm G Palmer, uh, and I've also recently acquired Andrew hoggard uh, both uh, and well, he's a federated Farmer's ex-president. They're both going to be standing for act and and have been given high list positions. So it'll be the first time that the membership will hear from uh, from those two. They're they're going to be two of of a few speeches, and then uh, Leader David Seymour will be giving a, um, a giving a speech and making a policy announcement. And it's uh, understood the, the Herald is reporting this morning that that will be around cutting red tape and basically uh, promising to introduce a mechanism uh, whereby uh, ministries are interrogated uh, uh, to establish whether the regulations that they impose on their relevant sectors are uh, are necessary. Essentially a cost-cutting exercise um, and trying to relieve stress off, off sectors which is fairly traditional for for ACT's values,
1: you can't underestimate ACT going into the election, can you? And it almost feels like, regardless of what you think of their values, it's important that we all understand what they stand for.
0: Oh, certainly. I think it's, it's incredibly important for for people to understand what what every party stands for, simply that so they know uh, what's on offer. But yes, with, with with respect to ACT, they've been consistently polling around that ten percent or even above uh, for for some time now. So one would expect if if National can perhaps uh, get a bit more support come come the election time, uh, Act will play uh, a big part in a potential National Act government.
1: Jan Tinetti is going to face questions this week. Of course, she's heading to the privileges committee. Can you explain something to me, Adam? If she was told on the day that she mis you know she misled Parliament by her staff that she had misled them, why why did? It- why did someone not say to her hey here are the rules you've got to fix this why are we dealing with this months later
0: oh, so look it's a, it's a real odd one and and it, it's obviously quite rare rare I think it was Winston Peters and l8 was the last minister to be pulled before um, or referred to to this committee uh, but yeah I mean it just it seems like a, a real failure on on her part and the part of her office and a, a, a very uh, very poor example of, of communication here to, to mess around with this uh, education um, uh, the, the attendance data it was that uh, that caused her to, to be put into hot water in the first place so I mean I think it's going to be really interesting a lot of people won't have seen uh, this before The, the um, her appearance in front of this privileges committee is going to be public I think it's on Thursday uh, so uh, it's going to be quite a, uh, quite a watch.
1: Thanks for your time today Adam, appreciate it.
0: Cheers. For more from the Sunday session with Francesca Rodkin, listen live to News ZB from 9 a.m. Sunday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.